June. Wait a minute. I should have took care of it. Okay. The nugget. Spoken words program your spirit. Spoken words program your spirit. One more time. Spoken words program your spirit. Either to succeed or defeat. Either to succeed or defeat. Putting it all together. Spoken words program your spirit. Either to succeed or defeat. So watch the words that come forth out of your mouth. And you can have what you say. Or maybe you don't want what you say. Depends on how you're going about it. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that our eyes of our understanding may open, Father God. We're asking once again that your Holy Spirit, Father God, bring new revelation, Father God, than that which is given, Father God, to each and every one of us, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the precious word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Without a doubt, the nation of Israel is special. God chose Israel as his chosen people and nation. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7. That's Deuteronomy chapter 7. And we are going to see something here. We're speaking of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 7, looking at verse 6. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord is thy Lord thy God has chosen thee as a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Amen. Wow, what an honor. God chose the nation or the people of Israel. Amen. Now turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 14. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, we see also verse 2. That's Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord has chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto thyself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Wow. What a blessing to be chosen by God that way. Amen. Um, and this still remains true today. And I will say that those that uh, hate Israel will be finding themselves hating God also because they're wrong. Okay. Uh, we should give honor and give respect to, the, to Israel for its accomplishments throughout the years, for the values and the grace that have been shared and implemented into the world or society. Amen. They gave us a lot. Well, thank you. Um, America, United States of America, USA, is also an exceptional nation in the eyes of God. Our founding fathers, glory to God, came to this country declaring that the United States of America belongs to God. Wow. Uh, what a humble and powerful statement to declare before God that this land 
that they were to inhabit would be dedicated to his glory for the purpose of taking the gospel to the world. When they said that or prayed that, you know that uh, this had to have gotten God's attention. What? What are you saying? His heart had to be touched. Thus, he put his blessing on this land because of the heart of the people or the founding fathers that we have. We'll go to Jamestown uh, settlers in 1607. Here's what they said. We do, by, we do hereby dedicate this land, ourselves, to reach the people within the shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to raise up godly generations after us, and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as the earth remains, and may this land be evangelistic to the world. May all who see the cross remember what we have done here, and may those who have come here to inhabit join us in this covenant. That was the Jamestown Settlers in 1607. Uh, then in the Pilgrim's Covenant, November 11th, 1620. This is actually the Mayflower uh, Compact. Uh, reveals that our country is God's nations. It starts off, in the name of God. Amen. Having undertaken the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, so by these present, those around them, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body. So that was the Pilgrim's Covenant in November 11th. The Puritans, a few years later, 1630, we enter this covenant with him for his work. Then we have the New England Confederation, May 19th, 1643. We all came into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity with peace. I can say there is nothing more American than Christianity. There's nothing more American than Christianity. Don't take the lies that come your way. There is nothing more American than Christianity. That's how, that's how they, we were established. July 4th, 1776 became America's birth to freedom, the Declaration of Independence. You're getting July 4th service. <laughs> we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, with certain unable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If we know our history, we know that America was a nation founded on Christ and his word. America's founders drew the principles of American law from the Bible. So if the laws contradict God's law, it's no law at all. Think about that. 
All judges, think about what we're going through now, all judges and justices take an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution, which rests on the premise of the Declaration of Independence, that legitimate authority only comes from the laws that comport with nature and nature's God. The laws of nature are eternal, immutable laws of good and evil, to which the Creator Himself and all His dispensations and conforms, and which He has enabled human reason to discover that they are necessary conduct for human actions. Okay. But the foundations, as we know it, are being eroded or crumbling in our time. Throughout the last 50 to 60 years, the godly heritage of our nation has gradually been systematically disappearing. God has been removed and our history has been revised. What was once an exciting and beautiful is now unrecognizable. So much truth has been replaced with false information and accepted by much of the citizens of the United States, the false information. There is an agenda to erase God and to criminalize Christianity. Boy, oh boy, are you ready for this one? Socialists and Marxists Principles are now being. I'm going to part. Socialist and Marxist principles are now the new standard, all uh, up to uphold and advance by doing away with the Constitution. They want to change things. Let me give you a quote from Karl Marx, the father of com communism. He made the statement: "Take away the heritage." of a people, and they are easily persuaded. This means they can no longer control or manipulate, they can no longer be controlled, pardon me, this means they can be controlled and manipulated and deceived with no national foundation, not having a history. There's no spirit of natural, national unity. And our country is fragmented because our students are not being taught American history as government as it should be. It's been changed, okay? Yes, there have been open contempt towards Christians and our beliefs in our society today. Anti-religious bigotry, anti-Christian bigotry, and great uh, uh, anti-Semitism uh, is out. And it's become the go-to stance of the media and, unfortunately, the Democratic Party. In particular, it has become the ghost stance. Uh, I did that over twice. Okay. This is the deconstruction of America. You've heard that, de deconstruction of America. The ultimate goal will be our bondage. Okay, here we go. A little more history. Too often we forget that America was a nation, became a nation soon after a spiritual revival. The first great awakening began in 1730 and went through 1770. 
revitalization of religious piety swept through the American colonies. The Black Robe Regiment referred to, is referred to by the patriotic American ministers of the day, the Black Robe. Uh, they were at the for forefront of proclaiming liberty, resisting tyranny, and opposing any entrenchment on God's given rights and freedoms. And they spoke it from their pulpits, and it helped in leading America's to independence. The black robes also led and bore arms in the local militias. They would take off the robe and they had the colonial army uniform and they went out there and led their congregations out there to battle, okay? The second great awakening uh, took place in the 1800s. Okay, a little more history and then we'll be done. America has been a source of hope to the world. Sometimes it takes an outsider to help us see how important America has been to the world. Turn with me now to the book of Psalms. Find Psalms chapter 33. That's Psalms chapter 33. And we will see a few things. Psalms chapter 33. And it's in your bulletin, in fact, or your, your calendar. Psalms 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Glory to God. This is what the founding fathers found out. We bless God, we will be blessed. Glory to God. And so America became great because they blessed God. They honored God. Let me give you a few of our president's uh, words. Samuel Adams, uh, he spoke about this when a country drifts away from God. May every citizen in the army and in the country have a proper sense of deity upon his mind, an impression of the declaration recorded in the Bible. And he uses, let's go to 1 Samuel, back up some, 1 Samuel chapter 2. That's 1 Samuel chapter 2, looking at verse 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me they shall be lightly esteemed. So as far as our country was, as, as our country was honoring God, we... We're doing and being blessed. But when we began to slip away, things begin to corrode in our country. Okay. Andrew Jackson said, The Bible is the rock in which our republic rests. John Adams. The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Abraham Lincoln the Bible is the best gift God has given to men. All the good Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. 
But for it, we could not know right from wrong. Woodrow Wilson. America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelation in the Holy Scriptures. Herbert Herbert Huber. I can't get these guys' names out. America, life is built and can only survive upon the fundamental philosophies announced by the Savior 19 centuries ago. America can be no, no longer, pardon me, America can be no stronger than its, than its citizens. And whether the citizens will be strong and virtuous depends upon whether they know the Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And Matthew chapter 22. Jesus says in verse 9, uh, 29, Matthew 22, 29. And Jesus said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. If we don't know the scriptures, if our elected officials don't know the scriptures, we are, they will go to err, and you can see where they're going. It's up to us to change it. Glory to God. The first chief thing, uh, chief thing that Christians need is fellowship with God. You just can't be born again. You need the fellowship with God. Get, get in communion with Him. Know Him. And the way to know Him is read His Word and pray and speak to Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because if we don't know Him, we can be easily deceived. You've got to know what the Word says. And we go back to Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Amen? Okay. Second thing we need to do is, let's go to uh, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, you know where we're going on this one. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 14, it says, if my people, that's 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. God answers prayers. And when he answers prayers, incredible things happen. James 4 and 2, it says, uh, we have not because we ask not. We need to start asking God. Wow. Well, let's go to Acts chapter 12 this time. Acts chapter 12. We're running all over the place. Praise God. In Acts chapter 12. Oh, glory. In Acts chapter 12. Boy, did I miss this one, I think. Let me see. Okay, we're talking about miraculous things. Um, In Acts chapter 12, 
we see that uh, James is executed and they, and they take uh, Peter also and put him in jail. And the church is praying. Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains fell from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird up thyself and bind on thy sandals. And he did so. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garments about thee and follow me. And he went out and he followed him. And was not that which is true, which was done by the angel, but thought he, he was in a vision or saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And when he went out and passed on through the one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Wow, that's miraculous. And all this happened because the church was praying for Peter. And you, as you read the further on into this chapter, Peter comes knocking at the door. And they open the door, you know, they got a little slide there. And the girl says, no, it can't be. And she runs back in there and says, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door. No, no, he's in jail. We got to continue to pray. No, Peter's at the door. Sometimes we don't believe in our prayers. We need to know that when we pray, things happen. The impossible happens. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God honors his word. The early church prayed the word of God that was relevant to their situation. We have a situation in our country now we need to pray about and pray for. Glory to God. As believers, we should seize God's promises relevant to our nation's crisis as well. It's up to us. It's up to the Christians to pray for this nation and pray for our president. Glory to God. First uh, Samuel. Let's go to First Samuel. In First Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel 13. In First Samuel chapter 13, verse 13, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandment of the, the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. So we can't compromise on the word of God. Saul said, well, I don't need to do that. He did, he did foolishly. So many people, or so many Christians, we do foolishly. We don't follow through on what we promise. You know, there's a lot of, uh, God says, if you're going to make a vow, fulfill it. Don't say you're going to do it and not do it because it's going to fall back on you. It's foolish to make a vow. God says, don't make a vow unless you, can fulfill, you know you're going to fulfill it or push to fulfill it. Let me give you uh, another quote from George Washington. Direct my thoughts, words, and work. Wash away my sins in the immaculate blood of the Lamb. Purge my heart by thy Holy Spirit. Daily frame me more and more 
into the likeness of thy son, Jesus Christ. And they say, George Washington didn't know the Lord. That proves things around. God pro provides protection for us. Another thing. Let's go. Uh, we're in there. Let's back up. Oops. Let's go forward, I should say. Forward to the book of 2 uh, Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. That's 2 Kings chapter 6. We see here that uh, the Syrians are surrounding Elisha and his servant, and uh, things need to be changed. That's 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. So when you pray for help, it's there. Amen. Glory to God. So God's in the business of fulfilling his word to us. Amen? Okay, protection. Um, our nation has remarkable stories how the impossible became possible because of God's intervention. In August 20th of 1778, um, George Washington and 8,000 colonial troops were trapped. And there was over 32,000 British soldiers were going to annihilate them, capture them. And uh, that would have ended the war, Revolutionary War. They captured George Washington and those troops. But, uh, I'll give you that date again, August 20th, 1778, dense fog appeared. Allowing George Washington and 8,000 troops to go escape the British in the middle of the day even. It was so thick. They rode across the harbor and got, went, went to safety. Glory to God. Then also uh, in, um, on January 17th, uh, 1781, uh, there was, uh, well, we, we talk about floods lately, but back then the true, our troops were being um, scattered and uh, they were going to be captured also. But every time they came up, to where our troops were, and they had to go across a river, all of a sudden a, a pour down would come down and they couldn't cross. The number of rivers did that, and so our, the troops got, got away to safely and rejoined. Okay, so um, the British couldn't pursue our, our troops because of God's intervention. Okay, God responds to obedience, and we are. Required. Let's go to Mark. The book of Mark. Glory to God. In the book of Mark. That uh, M section of your Bible. Mark chapter 16. What did uh, our forefathers say? That this land would be? A land dedicated to God. 
to what? To spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Okay. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Glory to God. Hallelujah. America is still sending out missionaries of the gospel, the good news to all the world. We are, you know, we support some missionaries out there. We got some in Nepal, Philippines, Mexico, and a couple other places. It's the good news. And because we are sending missionaries, not only here, us, but the United States, because of it, we are highly blessed because we are keeping our covenant with God. He said we would send forth from this country missionaries or the good news to the world, and we're doing it. So we are highly blessed. So we need to continue to support missionaries that are out there. They're sharing the good news. Uh, return with me to 1 Samuel. And 1 Samuel, chapter 14 this time. That's 1 Samuel, chapter 14. Glory to God. Well, not only does God... Uh, respond to our obedience. But God confuses the enemy. And he sets them in derision. 1 Samuel chapter 14, looking at verse 20. Do I have that right? 14, 20? Yeah. No. Not 14, it's 13. What is that? 2 Samuel. I've, I've got this all messed up here. Sets them in derision. Okay, let's see. 1420. No, it's not the one. It's a second. I just got to learn to type. And if this is not the one, I just have to tell you what I think about it, okay? 14. No, well, what I was trying to get at here is uh, verse 20, 1 Samuel 14.20. Wasn't I there? 1 Samuel, okay, I'll try it again. 14. Oh, I see, I was, I was looking at 13, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. 1 Samuel 14.20, and, and Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and it came to pass, uh, and it came to the battle, and behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfort. All right, glory to God. Israel didn't even have to do the battle. In fact, they went back there and picked up the spoils because of the enemy. Glory to God. Okay, second... Chronicles. Okay, let's go over to Second Chronicles. Maybe I got this one. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter twenty. Twenty.
2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 29. And the fear of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of these countries. And when they heard that the Lord fought against the, against the enemies of Israel. So people find out that the Lord's on your side. They fear. They don't want to come around you. All right? Glory to God. Uh, we need to pray, the, pray this type of prayer or have, pray that these outcomes, those that the enemy would be dispersed or they would fear, we need to pray that the outcome would fall upon all the enemies of President Trump and the enemies of our country. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. You know, I think our president is, is doing a, a pretty good job for, for what he's being faced with. That's uh, Acts chapter 4. Look, look what uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 29 begin. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto, unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak the word. They were, they were told, shut your mouths, don't do anything, but they, they, they prayed that they could speak the word. And when they spoke the word, things changed. And glory to God. As Americans, here's another thing we need to do. As Americans, we need to humble ourselves and realize that it is not we can do. It is not what we can do, but what we can do that will bring about a change. We need, there was a the first great awakening, a second, the 1700s, 18, early 1800s was a, a second great awakening. We need a great awakening in our country today. Great awakening in our country. And true revival. Awakening is for everybody. True revival needs to be in the churches. You know, everybody's saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm done. We need revival in, in, in the churches. People should be alive and wanting to do a work for God. Not just, well, I... I you know, I, I did my duty. I, I went to church uh, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and you know Wednesday evening. And we need we need to have people on fire for God, just like Jeremiah says. I've got fire in my bones. I've got to speak it out. We need to be out to have that boldness to go out there and do something for the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, we can go to Second Chronicles chapter seven once again. And the same verse, 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Look, at, turn from their wicked ways. Our wicked ways are, are not heeding to God's word. We're not doing what he called us to do. Then I will hear from heaven. If we'll change our ways. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal our land. Heal their land. Our land needs to be healed. We have too much corruption um, in our country. Now, amen. So we need true revival in the body of Christ. Going back to Psalm that's in your... In your calendar, Psalms 33, verse 12. Blessed is a nation whose God is Lord 
and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Look at, and since you're there, let's go to verse 30, uh, 22, the last. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Our hope is in thee. Let thy mercy be upon us. Let thy mercy be upon us. Let, us, let the blessings come our way. Amen. This is our only hope for today and for our nation. We need, to, let, we need uh, to pray God's mercy and grace once again to be, be upon our, our country. May a great awakening once more cover our land, that lives be changed and blessed, that our, that our nation be as our forefathers envisioned, a nation to evangelize the world. We need, we need to joyfully celebrate this 4th of July and thank God for the privilege of living in the United States of America. And we need to come alive. We live in an exceptional nation. Do you have that song there? Did you find it? No? Okay, it was uh, Sharon Daughtery's. It was on a tape, but uh, it was, this is the day of independence. And uh, I'll play it next week. I'll find it next week. I got one. I know where I can get it. The day of independence. Anybody need prayer this morning? You get out early again. I, I went over time last week. You got it early this week. I know some of you are getting ready for trips. Have safe trips to and from. Enjoy what uh, you are going to be uh, at the locations and see our country and rejoice with them. And share the good news of the gospel with somebody. That would be the great independence for somebody. So let's all stand. Glory to God. Again, this uh, calendar looks great. Make sure you get a hold of that. This Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, uh, we will return to uh, our book and we will go to chapter, start on chapter 8. I don't know if we read it or not, but go to chapter 8. Read prior 7, 7 and 8 and find out what's going on. Spiritual authority. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that... Uh, we are blessed, Father God. We humble, humble ourselves, Father God, for the blessings, that, Father God, that you've bestowed upon this country. We're asking, Father God, that a true great awakening, Father God, come forth as a mighty wave, Father God, of revival, Father God, in the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls, Father God, to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father God, that... Uh, the enemy, Father God, is being found out, Father God, and will be displaced, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. Once again, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.